We're going to open up to Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2, and we'll read verses 15 through 20 together. Luke 2, verses 15 through 20. Be found on page 1019 if you're using a pew Bible. Before we read God's Word together, let's ask His blessing upon our reading and hearing of it. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the prophets foretold Your coming, and the poor longed to see You. The heavens celebrated Your birth. The apostles, the martyrs, and the faithful down through the ages ages repeated the song of the angels. Your church praises you in every human language, for she has seen your salvation. Son of God, you humbled yourself and became a servant, raising us up to share in your glory. We were in darkness, and you have given us light and strength, peace and joy. Lead us now according to your loving will. Make us a people who follow you in holiness. Give us generous hearts to hear your word and produce in us abundant fruit through the power of your spirit. Amen. Luke 2, beginning at verse 15, what you will hear now is the holy, the inspired, and the inerrant word of God. When the angels went away from them into heaven, The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Thus far the reading of God's Word. Dear congregation, today people from all over the world are celebrating Christmas. And of course, they'll do it in many different ways. They'll celebrate by by feasting. They'll celebrate by gathering together with family and friends. They'll celebrate it by giving and and by receiving gifts. Many will celebrate Christmas by going to church. And then, of course, there are a whole host of other traditions which are peculiar and unique to various families and cultures. But nevertheless, all our ways of celebrating Christmas... Now, that being said, how how should a Christian celebrate Christmas? That's the question, the simple question that I want to put to us this morning. How, How should a Christian celebrate Christmas? Well, believe it or not, we find an answer to that question in the Word of God. We find an answer in the text we just read together. In Luke 2, verses 15 through 20, we read about the response of the shepherds as well as others to the news of a Savior having been born. And in these verses, God 
really shows us, if you think about it, how, how the very first Christmas was celebrated long ago. And when we look at how the very first Christmas was celebrated long ago, then we find what could be called a paradigm for how we ought to celebrate it today. Maybe you wondered what that word is in my sermon title, that funny spelled word with a G in it. It's the word paradigm, a pattern for how we ought to, to celebrate Christmas today. So, so using Scripture as our guide, how should you and I celebrate Christmas today as believers in Jesus? That's the question. Here's answer number one. Here's the first thing we should do today as believers in Jesus. We should go to Bethlehem and we should see this thing that has happened. That's the immediate reaction of the shepherds when they receive this news from the angel. We see that in verses 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. And then verse 16, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So do you see it? The, the first thing the shepherds do when they get this news is go to Bethlehem and see the baby for themselves. And we ought to notice there is a, a sense of urgency in all of this. Verse 16 says they went with haste. Okay, there's, there's a note of urgency and they're going to Bethlehem. They, they don't spend time debating about whether or not they should go to Bethlehem. No, they, they went in haste. They went immediately to see the child. And I would say to you that we, each and every one of us, must go with haste and urgency to Bethlehem and see the child today. Now, boys and girls, you might be asking, how in the world are we going to go to Bethlehem today? Do we even want to go to Bethlehem today? I'm not sure I do, to be flat out honest with you. Uh, well, how do we go to Bethlehem? We go to Bethlehem in and through God's word. That's how, okay? Moms and dads, boys and girls, grandmas and grandpas, when you gather together to celebrate Christmas with your loved ones today, open up your Bibles, Read the story of Jesus' birth from Luke 2. Let God's word take you to Bethlehem and, and let God's word enable you to see for yourself this thing that has happened. I might say, let God's word help you behold the, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace as he lays in a manger as a helpless babe. We can see Christ in his word, through the eye of faith. We can, and we ought to make sure we do that today. That's the first way we celebrate Christmas, by going to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened. Perhaps some of you have already done that. Here's the second way we celebrate Christmas. It's by spreading the word about this baby. We see that in verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. The NIV says they spread the word about what had been told them concerning this child. Okay? They spread the word. They, they told other people about what they had heard from the angel, that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. It's worth noting Right? They did not keep this to themselves. They did not presume that this news was, was something that others did not want to be bothered with. They did not presume that this news was news people already knew. No, they spread the word. 
They told others. I don't think I have to remind you that we live in a lost, confused, and dying world. We live in a world and we live amongst people who are, who are perishing in their sin without the knowledge of God. Many of us, sadly, have been with these people in the last days. Many of us will be with these people today. These are people who are close to us. These are people we love. And no matter what our reason or logic tells us, I think God's word says there's no better way we love these people than by telling them and reminding them that unto you has been born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let us not think that these people whom we encounter don't want to be bothered by this news. Let us not think that these people whom we encounter already know this good news. No, let us, let us just share the good news. Let us be sure to remind the people whom we are with what Christmas is really, truly all about. I always like to remind myself and those whom I speak to uh, when we talk about spreading the good news and sharing God's word, we cannot make anyone believe, all right? Only God can do that. But God doesn't call us to make anyone believe. God calls us to simply spread the word that a Savior has been born and that there is mercy full and free to sinners who confess their sins and believe in his name. That's our job. Spread the word. We leave the results to God. But we can today and we should today be sure to spread the word, to remind all whom we're with what Christmas is about. So that's the second way we celebrate Christmas, by spreading the word about this baby born in Bethlehem who brings salvation to sinners. A third way we celebrate Christmas, according to our text, is, is by being amazed by this baby. We see this in verse 18, and all who heard it wondered, the Greek word can also be translated marveled or, or were amazed, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. We celebrate Christmas by being amazed by this baby. We celebrate Christmas by taking a moment to marvel at this baby and by being filled with wonder towards this baby. And it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, who is this baby born in Bethlehem? Well, he is, he is, he is God in the flesh. This is the omnipotent one who needs his mother to hold up his head. This is the omniscient one who doesn't know how to walk or talk. This is the omnipresent one who is, who is wrapped in swaddling claws. This is the infinite who has become finite. This is the author who has put himself on the page. These are the tiny hands that hung the stars in orbit, okay? This, this is amazing. J.I. Packer said, The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as the truth of the incarnation. I love that last line. Nothing in fiction even is as fantastic as the truth of the incarnation. Never mind, never mind Santa Claus visiting all the houses in the world on one night. Never, you know, then there's flying reindeer too. I mean, it just gets crazier, right? This is amazing. 
What we read in Luke 2 is amazing. We celebrate Christmas by, by being amazed at what God has done in becoming man in Jesus Christ. So, so following the pattern set before us in God's word, we, we celebrate Christmas by, by going to Bethlehem and seeing this thing that has happened. We celebrate Christmas by spreading the word concerning this thing that has happened. We celebrate Christmas by being amazed at this thing that has happened. And then fourth, we, we celebrate Christmas by, by pondering this thing that has happened, this, this baby. But Mary, verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now, maybe we ask, what's the difference between being amazed and pondering? I mean, there's some similarities there, and I'll grant you that, but, but I would say pondering goes deeper. Being amazed says, wow, wow. But pondering, pondering asks questions. Pondering says, what's this all mean? What's this all for? Why would, why would the creator enter his creation? Why would the almighty become a helpless babe? That, that, that's pondering. Pondering digs. Pondering looks for answers. Pondering asks questions. Of course, the Bible answers some of the questions we have about Christmas. Galatians 4.4 provides an answer. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law. Why? To redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Hebrews 2.17 gives another answer. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way. Why? In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of his people. Do you get what happens when you begin to ponder the baby in a manger? You begin to recognize, this, this, is, this is for me. It's for my sake that he's given up the joys and glories and bliss of heaven to trod this miserable, sin-cursed earth. It's for my sake that he's come in order that he might redeem me from my sins. We must take time today to, to ponder this thing that has happened. It's not just so that we have a good story to tell. It's so that God might save sinners like you and like me. I love what the Nicene Creed says. Uh, we're not as familiar with the Nicene Creed. We say it here maybe every couple months or so. And I love what it says. This is, this is I don't know, a ways through the creed. But it says, it was for us and for our salvation that he came down from heaven, became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made human. I like that first part. It was for us and for our salvation. No other reason. It was for us and for our salvation 
that he became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and was made human. We must ponder that. We must meditate that. We must think deeply about that. Well, then finally, this morning, we celebrate Christmas by glorifying God for the gift of his Son, even as we return to the ordinary rhythm of our lives. I'll say that again. We celebrate Christmas by glorifying God for the gift of his son, even as we return to the ordinary rhythm of our lives. Look at verse 20, the first words of it. And the shepherds returned. Returned where, you ask? Well, returned from the baby, returned from the manger, returned to their fields and their flocks. They returned to their jobs. That's where they returned to. The shepherds went back to work. Of course, it is worth noticing that they go back to work a certain way, don't they? They go back to work and they get on with life as those who glorify God and praise God for the gift of his son. We see that there in verse 20. And isn't this the real test? I mean, celebrating Christmas and glorifying God for the gift of his son and our savior, really not that hard on Christmas day. Even unbelievers do it on Christmas day. Shoot, it's almost expected of you to do on Christmas day. The real question is, will you continue glorifying God in the days that follow Christmas day? Will you continue glorifying God for the gift of his son even as you return to work and to school? That's the real question. That's the real test. And I think we ought to, to note well that already on that first Christmas long ago, the Bible left no room for someone who was a Christmas-only Christian. No, the fact of the matter is, those who truly go to Bethlehem and see by faith this thing that has happened, this thing that God has done, they return to their ordinary lives giving praise and glory to God. Let me ask, where, where are you at today? Well, I know, you're, I know you're here, you're worshiping God, we're glad you're here, but where are you at uh, in your relationship with God? Don't, don't, don't deceive yourself in that regard. If you don't return to your ordinary life glorifying and praising God for the gift of Jesus Christ, you're probably not a true Christian. You probably haven't been born again. You probably remain dead in your trespasses and sins and underneath the wrath of God even as you sit here. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, 
we rejoice in the gift of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. We rejoice because we are sinners who desperately need a Savior. And you have given us that Savior. Help us to love him. Help us to trust him. Help us to surrender our lives to him and to be transformed by him. It's in his name we pray. Amen.